You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It may be an off-season, but in cowboy land, we never sleep here at Blogging the Boys. And of course, it's a Thursday, which means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with my man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White. You can find him at Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter sphere. And of course, you can find me at RW3 there as well. And follow all of our great content at bloggingtheboys.com and at bloggingtheboys there on Twitter also. So uh off-season news, so a bit of a slow session, right? The slowest that we're going to find this year. But we do have some dates to start looking forward to, and hopefully the Cowboys have their eyes specifically on March 15th. Of course, that is when the free agency period will begin and when hopefully we can start to see this roster transform, Tom, into the 2023 version and what that will entail. But we know for now that the Cowboys have a number of free agents that are likely going to be on their way out they certainly can't hold on to all of them not mm-hmm. with where they stand today so nor would they want for- to <laughs> yeah nor do they want to nor do cowboys fans want to in some specific instances and we'll get to those <laughs> but um as we kind of look at it tom i kind of like to take stock of, of where we are and also you know look forward and say hey we know the cowboys are going to have to spend lightly somewhere where do we think is the most likely place where they might do it? But before we do that, obviously the news that I think most people can look forward to here for the Cowboys is what they do with the contracts that they do have, whether that's renegotiating with guys in this period of time in which they can re-sign players before free agency begins, or what I think is more likely to be the news du jour of the next couple of weeks will be the restructuring of contracts to free up that cap space so that we can all start to have a real conversation about how they're going to use it. Yeah. And one common misconception is that the players have any say in those restructures. Mm. They don't. Those are baked into the original contract. It's strictly up to the team and it doesn't change the money the player receives. As a matter of fact, what it does is it takes future earnings and cuts them a check right now. So a lot of players like that because they don't have to worry about injuries impacting or any of the stuff like that. So they never have an objection to that. Uh, it's only when they actually do some rewriting of the terms of the contract like they're talking about doing maybe with Ezekiel Elliott. That's the only way that there's actually any negotiating that goes on. All of the restructures are just, as they say, flipping a switch. Well, and we can start there. Uh, just briefly, Tom, in my mind, there is no switch that keeps Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, at least not to the degree that I would want him to be, right? There's not a pay amount that makes it make sense in my mind. 
there's not, especially if they are dead set on bringing Tony Pollard back, which we don't necessarily know yet. A player they could potentially utilize the franchise tag on if they wanted to open up a window of individual negotiations there, or they could just let it ride at just, you know, over $10 million this season. Those are potential options. But I mean, if either of them are on the table and they involve bringing Tony Pollard back, Zeke can't be a part of this thing. You would think so. I mean, that's the logic. If, if you look at it from pure football logic, this is the time to release Zeke, make him a post-June 1 cut, <clears throat> which saves them $10.9 million in cap space. It adds $10.9 million, $10 million in cap space. They take a $5.82 million dead cap hit, but you have to take that dead cap stuff and just treat that as sunk costs. It doesn't, you know, dead money. You just don't worry about it. You aren't going to get it back. Forget it. Look at what it does for you this year. The only concern is, are the Cowboys going to make a full football decision or are, are the Jones Jones is going to decide that they want to bring Zeke back because they think he's important to the team or whatever. Um, and I'm like you, I don't want to see it. I mean, is there a world that he tests the free agent waters and no one's willing to pay him more than $2 million a year? Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, I think if you go out in the multiverse, you find that's most of the worlds. That, exactly. <laughs> I kind of, so, I mean, I guess if I did have to hang my hat on and I said there's no number, all right, maybe not no number, right? I'll take him at league minimum if that's what it's going to be, or maybe even a million or two. I just think there is one team dumb enough to do that. I don't know who it would be, but all it takes is one. And I've seen guys like Melvin Gordon get paid in the past. I've seen guys like Latavius Murray get paid a little bit. Um, And quite frankly, I think there's a dozen running backs in this free agent market that are better options than Ezekiel Elliott. But – there aren't many that have the name and star power that he does. Yeah. So I think some teams will be stupefied into that. And for that reason, the Cowboys shouldn't be a part of that conversation. Yeah. Because the, the, the point is that that $10.9 million they'd say that's his base salary this year. Hmm. Ain't no way you can look at last year and said that he is worth anything like that kind of money. No way. Without a doubt. So running back, I mean, not necessarily a place where I expect the Cowboys to spend a lot of money. I hope they don't spend a lot of money. I'm okay with them skimping there, if I'm being quite frank, right? But there are many positions that need to be addressed here this offseason. Tom, you even highlighted another as you and I were going back and forth and preparing for this podcast. You know, another position that I hadn't given a lot of thought, and then when you mentioned it, I'm like, oh boy, they're going to miss a lot here. So let's go over... What we feel yeah, these are and just, just to clarify, just to clarify, because you didn't didn't quite set it up. Uh, we're looking at this from what are the positions that the Cowboys have player positions or position groups where the Cowboys could really have a problem if they skimp on trying to 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 acquire free agents, as in either they just go bargain bin shopping or just ignore it and roll into the draft. And uh, between the two of us, 
we came up, I think, with five places where they have some needs. Uh, their wide receiver, cornerback, offensive line, defensive end, where I may differ with you a bit on that, and then linebacker is the one that I mentioned uh, because I think people are, are, are overlooking the fact both of their starting linebackers from last season are now set in a free agency. Uh, so these are positions where it's risky always to go into the draft thinking you're going to fill the holes. If you're looking at filling up to five holes and you think you're going to do that all in the draft, I mean, you know, <laughs> you're eventually going to have those, those dice come up snake eyes, I think, before you get there. So you have to do something in free agency. Now, this includes signing back some of their own. So it doesn't necessarily mean signing an outside free agent. The Cowboys are more willing to sign their own back. But those are the positions we want to get into. And with that being said, you know, real quickly on that linebacker spot, uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Anthony Barr are the players he's talking about. Keep in mind, right, Micah Parsons goes by the name linebacker, but we all know where his talent truly lies, yeah, right? I mean, he, obviously he, he's a hybrid, but – it's as yeah. a pass rusher. Yeah, he is not technically an off-ball linebacker. No. Uh, he's he's much more like a, uh, a three-man front linebacker where he plays up on the line. Uh, they do use him in an off-ball role, but they I, I, that is something that, that some games he's going to play only maybe 30% of his snaps that way. Uh, other games, whether up against a run-heavy team, he may get up over fifty percent. But less his real value to this team is when they put him into the pass rushing mix, without question. And so the two players you mentioned, Barr and Lane Vanderesh, combined for nearly fourteen hundred snaps between yeah. the two of them a season ago. So that is what the Cowboys are going to be losing in that area. But I don't necessarily think that's the place they'll skip, Tom, because it doesn't cost a ton even in free agency, to fill this position. And I also look at the likes of the young linebacker and Damone Clark, who had a nice little breakout there at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. I think they will give him an opportunity to earn some of those spots. Jabril Cox is still in the mix, although fading very quickly, especially given the fact that he just hasn't found a way to get on the field in either of the last two seasons. Um, yeah, I think I think Damone Clark lets them – Wave goodbye to Anthony Barr without sweating about it too much, unless he just they think he's just super cheap to bring back. Um, I've made the argument, I, we've talked about it before. I think, I think Leighton Vanderesh should be their number one priority as a free agent signing, uh, with the caveat that Terrence Steele is a restricted free agency, so he ain't quite the same. I think they need to get him back in assuming that his health is okay. But I think they need to look at, at if they're going to spend money somewhere and actually pay someone and, and keep them despite what they might get offered, it should be Leighton Vanderesh. He is He is your defensive quarterback, arguably the second most important player on the team 
to Dak Prescott because he plays that role. Now, you don't usually think of linebackers world the money positions. He just does so much more, and I think you need that field general. Um, and that's why I think they should be willing to do that. And they that may not be as scary as it sounds, you know, oh, Cowboys having a bit. Because linebacker is generally not a highly paid position. I think it's the second lowest of all position groups outside of running back across the league. You know, the Cowboys are just the exception on how they pay their running backs. Uh, yeah, so. it's funny. I mean, I hear people cite that, right? But when you look at, you know, franchise tag numbers, at least the highest paid, the franchise net tag number for a linebacker is higher than that of a defensive end or a defensive tackle. Oh, so, okay, then I might have – I okay, my, no, no, my, no, 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 your statement is correct. The average linebacker in the position group as a whole is one of the most underpaid positions okay. or one of the fewest paid positions in the league. My point was the top-end guys, if you get there, they still get paid like stars. And often because yeah. they're you know, the guys that can also rush the passer. Yeah, and I, I, I think I know the explanation for that, too, because the, uh, fran the, the franchise tag number is based on an average of, I think, the top five salaries. Yes, exactly. So what you have is there are a few linebackers out there that get paid very highly, and then there's a big drop-off. A hundred percent, yeah. So if you're not a part the, of that top-tier group, like six, seven million is kind of what the hope is, whereas – if you're not a number one wide receiver, but a second tier wide receiver, you might very well still make 12 to $15 million per season, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the next position group I think we can get into, Tom, as one that, hey, you know, if they skimp here, we could be looking at a repeat of 2022. And so this is not one that I expect the Cowboys to skimp on just because of how high profile of a mm -hmm. position that it is. Do you disagree? And I, having said that Leighton Vandrish is the individual player I think they most ought, ought to be interested in, I will say that wide receiver is the one that I, I really think is the fatal error they could make. Uh, could they survive without Leighton Vandrish? Well, if, if he's not in the mix, then can you find somebody who can bring some savvy to the field and take over that, that play calling role? I think you might be able to do that in free agency without coming close to breaking the bank. But if they don't get themselves a good bookend for CD lamb, or, you know, if you don't want to think of it as bookend, just have that second wide receiver on the field. That's a, that's a constant threat, that's a reliable target, that can make the big plays, that can give them a thousand yard season. So you've got, you know, two wide receivers carrying the load out there. You know, if they don't do that, then this offense, I think, is kind of going to have the same exact problems we saw at times last season. A team finds a way to shut down, take CD Lamb out of the equation. Uh, keep them from getting to him enough and the Cowboys offense doesn't have sufficient answers to keep moving the ball and stay alive um, which is basically to say 
nine or 10 of the teams they play, they'll probably be able to beat. And then it's a question of, can they beat the others? And, you know, that's, that's a big if, if they don't get a, a wide receiver. So, um, Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. From that standpoint... Do you think the Cowboys would be unwilling to sign a wide receiver that's like, say, making more than $10 million in free agency? I'm afraid they might be. And you know why? Because they got C.D. Lamb in the first round. And look how he worked out. And, oh, boy, we think we're just the best people. And we can go out there and outsmart everybody and do it again. Well, And that's what I'm scared of is they're going to go back and think they're going to catch lightning in a bottle one more time. Let me play devil's advocate on this one because you're going to do it to me later on when I tell you my position of concern. You're going to do it right back to me, right? So the Cowboys are going to say, we have two up-and-coming pass catchers, not at the wide receiver position, but at the tight end position that we both expect to take a step forward in 2023 in the passing game. If we think Dak Prescott is the guy we think he is, then we don't necessarily need to add a surefire number two to CeeDee Lamb if, again, we can sprinkle in some form of Patrick Mahomes-esque um, supporting cast. And I'm not saying that to compare Dak to Patrick Mahomes. I'm more so comparing it to the fact that Patrick Mahomes, outside of Travis Kelsey, did not really have a dynamic number two wide receiver. Now, granted, that could just be a specific case for Patrick Mahomes. But even still, I think the Cowboys will make that case. And I also would argue in their favor that even though they took a really bad approach last year, they also, I feel, got incredibly unlucky in the fact that they didn't hit on a single one of the many, many dart throws that they took. 
And if you think about how many opportunities they took a pass on, right, from wide receivers they had drafted in previous years like Semi Fajoko, who they were hoping could take a step forward, to draft picks in this year or this past year's draft and Jalen Tolbert, who was taken in the third round, to the bevy of free agents that they signed who were maybe on their last leg in James Washington or others who they were trying to resurrect. And then again, right, the expectation that Michael Gallup will be able to take somewhat of a step forward now that he's more than a season removed from his ACL injury. Um, all that being said, I still think they need to address it somewhere, and I don't necessarily see how they're going to do it. I just, I don't think they're going to skip here. I don't, I don't worry about it as much because of what happened last year, because of how glaring of an issue it was. I don't know if, I mean, the Joneses can survive any amount of criticism they receive because look at where they are now. But at the same time, that criticism would be deafening if they went into next season having built the same type of roster, right? Yeah. So that's where I kind of think they'll skip elsewhere, somewhere they haven't really skimped in the past. Any any parting thoughts on that wide receiver conversation? Yeah, just I think – they they are going to look at tight end as what they're looking at is like gab yeah, between Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot. They're going to be able to replace Dalton Schultz. Uh, yeah, because, we can get 40, 50 catches between the two. Yeah, between the two of them. But Schultz wasn't Travis Kelsey out there. He wasn't that massive thing. And I think I I will say that I I am hopeful they will look at that and see the reality of it. I'm just, I'm just afraid. I still am afraid they're, they're not going to shoot high enough. They're going to try to still find a way to do it with low balling or with just getting by on a lesser expensive deal. I, I just feel like that that Stephen Jones is behind the rest of the league and how to use free agency and how you have to sometimes put the money there. And how you have to play or have to build your roster to win this year and not be looking two, three years downstream. And so I'm I'm still concerned. Uh it's it's one it is the one area I'm going to be watching with the most anxiety to see if they can figure it out and get it right. Well, I will say in looking at the free agency class of wide receivers, I don't really know if there's a whole lot of like guys that would get you all that excited to begin with, to be quite well, honest. Ho- hopefully that will keep the price tags from going up because, remember, you're not. we're not looking for a wide receiver one. We're looking for a wide receiver two. We don't want the guy that's going to, to lead the rest of the receiver core. We want a guy who's going to complement uh, C.D., uh, and maybe he doesn't have to be a thousand yard receiver. Eight nine hundred yards might be enough as long as he's enough of a threat. And then maybe one of their other options can come up and give them a good wide receiver. There. I'm hope I'm hoping, or, or maybe Michael Gallup will return to form. But you need to have some insurance for that not happening. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. Well, I think that uh, again, I I feel like that is one they will go after. The position I'm worried about, though, Tom, like real real worried about because I feel like they've gotten kind of lucky there is what they are going to do along the offensive line. Now, yes, 
You already kind of alluded to it. I think that I do think the plan is to get Terrence Steele back in here, right? As a restricted free agent, they're in the driver's seat to be able to do that. And if they can, then I feel a little bit better. But there's still this cloud almost of assumptions that a Tyron Smith is going to be a hundred percent good to go. Spoiler alert. He probably won't be based on history. Mm. And number two, that Jason Peters is going to want to roll again in 2023, which, I mean, I guess I don't really have any indication to say he wouldn't. I just think that's quite a lot to be relying on given, you know, the couple of times we saw him, get a little banged up a season ago yeah and and if 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 Terrence Steele is healthy and Tyler Smith is able to hold down left tackle and you can roll with Tyron as a backup and maybe have Jason Peters as a second backup so they're each so you like Tyron's backing up left uh, Jason's backing up right or however they decide to do that. The thing is, I think they might look at that and go like, yeah, we're good. And uh, then the other thing is they've got a problem at left guard because Connor McGovern is a free agent. Yeah, And I'm not sure they're going to want to bring him back. Uh, and if there's one position I think they're liable to get too cute with, that is the position. I think they're going to think they might just be able to kind of like, well, we can get it out of Matt Farniok or something. And maybe Farniok could do it. But mm, then do they roll into the draft? I, you know, that might become, you know, the draft priorities are really going to be shaped by what happens in free agency before the draft. Well, and I think this is where, this is why, again, I, I kind of made my cases to where they I do think they will skimp. Because yes. you just kind of argued for me, they don't really need to add anybody to convince themselves that they're in a comfortable position. Even losing Connor McGovern, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be adding anybody new that wasn't here in 2022, and yet there'd yeah, be a I, conversation of confidence. And I think you must have misread the draft of the article that I sent you because I said, I think they're going to be cheap on the offensive line. I think this is skimp city coming. My fault then on that. Yeah, I did. I did misread that because, um, yeah, it also I, I kind of put some weight into the fact that I think some of the best Cowboys draft moves of the past decade and a half have come along the offensive line to their credit. And because of that, they are probably going to think to themselves, especially with where they are in the draft, that this is where they get value. Remember, yeah. Zach Martin was picked in the late teens. Tyler Smith uh, picked in the late teens, or excuse me, in the 20s, right? Same thing with uh, Travis yeah. Frederick back in the day, right? At 31 or whatever it was. So, um, and the Oddish. they're in the third round. I mean, they made the uh, they made the deal with Lyle Collins. Granted, that was a special circumstance, but they still jumped on top of it. And all those moves hit in a way that uh, I think maybe probably got more than what people were anticipating when they made the selection. So I, I'll give the Cowboys credit in that regard, but I'm going to hold my breath mm-hmm. through draft night, wondering if 
they're going to risk it again at that spot because it could get catastrophically bad. We know how bad it could go if the rest of the team is right and the yeah. offensive line stinks. That's a recipe for destroying an entire season. Yeah, and, and I, I will say that if they don't understand that drafting is always a crapshoot, no matter how successful you've been in the past, you're taking a risk because these are college players. You have no idea how it's going to carry through to the pro level. That's just the college game is different enough that sometimes the super stud in college doesn't translate. And, of course, then the other positions that we've come to right, cornerback and defensive end, you know, if they spend yeah. anything at these positions, it's hard to say they skimped, right, because they are the costly yeah. ones. Yeah, they have – I think the, the cornerback thing is going to depend, uh, you know, is Jordan Lewis coming back healthy? You know, he was on IR. And I will say I can see them skimping here or at least not being real anxious in free agency. If Lewis is healthy and they think he can step back into a starting role, Deron Bland gave them a way that they can probably believe they can survive letting Anthony Brown walk. And Anthony Brown's coming off of injury. Now, will coming off of injury drive down Anthony Brown's price? Uh this is that that would still mean they might kind of be skimping a little by going with a not a, a less expensive option. Uh, I, I just don't think they're going to put a lot into this. Uh, I, if they do come up as quote unquote skimping on cornerback, it ain't going to surprise me at all. Me neither. I think that's one that, like, I mean, for all the reasons you pointed out, right? They can make a convincing case themselves. But I also think they'll let that market shake out a little bit because mm -hmm. their focus at that position probably going to be on the contract extension and what they'll yeah. need to pay, right? So they're going to be looking at what the top end guys, if anybody's resetting the market, do they need to be aware of what is happening with that and perhaps pounce on an extension with Trayvon before it's too late? Yeah, I, I'd have to look and see if that's even eligible this year because I think they have to go another year to be able to extend him. But I'm not absolutely sure I got that right. And I, I'm i not worried about defensive end, to tell you the truth. All they're losing is Dante Fowler, uh, assuming he's going to go in free agency. And I don't really expect them to bring him back. So what they've got left is Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams and Chauncey Golston with Micah Parsons as giving them an extra edge rusher who may be one of the top two or three edge rushers in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think you, you need to worry about that. Uh, you know, grab yourself somebody late in the draft maybe uh, to come in and they're going to have to fight to not wind up on the practice squad. Let me ask you, is it a good group without Micah Parsons? Uh, I think if it, if it was if it didn't have Micah Parsons, you'd be needing to add one person. But I don't think you'd have to go out. In that case, if, if Micah Parsons won there, then say, bring Dante Fowler back in your good shape. I, I really, I would say, 
it would not be one of your top five or 10 groups, but I think it would be a good enough group to survive. Uh, that's just me. And, you know, see if Dan Quinn can pull a few tricks out of his hat. Yeah, I could. But, you know, since we're talking about what we have, they have Michael Parsons. And, yeah, I'm comfortable with them rolling in without really doing much, uh, you know. And, like I said, maybe pick up somebody day three of the draft to see how they fit in. And, yeah. and, and let's see what happens. Because Golston was kind of coming on. I think Sam Williams was showing that he's going to be what they thought he was. He was. So, and Dorrance Armstrong was a solid starter. Well said. Well said. I guess uh, I initially kind of thought the interior of the defensive line as well with the loss of Hankins and, uh, and um, oh, who's the other one? Um, Watkins. Uh, Watkins. But, it, you know, I ended up looking at their numbers too. They, they were like the fifth most played defensive tackles on the team. From a season ago, there were like four guys each that played more snaps yeah. than those two players did. So, like, all the acclaim that Hankins got as a run stopper, well, he wasn't on the field all that much when you look at it. Yeah, and I think they could, like, bring him back for very little. Peanuts. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't call that skimping. I just said that I just don't see him putting a lot into the – I don't see the defensive line as a whole – requiring anything really in free agency. But we will keep you posted on any and all Cowboys moves as they make moves to uh, reset their roster, reset their cap, and free up some monies. Of course, if you have thoughts on where you think the Cowboys will skimp or where you do or don't want them to, hit us up. They're on Twitter, at TomRileBTB, me, at RW3, and, of course, follow all the great content, bloggingtheboys.com. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next Thursday.